Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. My name is Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. And in this episode, we're looking back at the Premier League season again, and it's the season of 2003-2004. It's a season, Sam, which can be defined by just two words. And those words are the Invincibles. Christ. We're giving away the spoiler right at the get-go. It's Arsenal, and it's the season when they were unbeaten throughout the entire season. 26 wins... 12 draws. That's not that good, really, is it? 12 draws. That's quite a lot. 14 years ago doesn't seem that long. Now, when you get to our age, 14 years just seems like a blink of the eye. Yeah. And it's amazing how far... Because they haven't won the league since then. They haven't even really no, come that haven't. close since then. They've won some cups And it's and amazing, stuff. isn't it, that like on the day you hit your peak, the very peak, Wenger's sat there as he's won that league title um, better than anyone... Well, mm-hmm. City have won more points since, but whatever. You know, and, he, and he's won this title, and you think, I'm at my absolute peak. Where do we go from here? It'll be the Champions League next. And in fact, it was the beginning of the end, wasn't it? Exactly. That was the peak. It, you, you, it didn't even sort of... It um, plummeted fast. It was pretty it much down. It didn't even plateau afterwards. No, exactly. It didn't plateau. It just, from that moment, it just went down, 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 down. But he'd, he'd been getting it right. He'd got it right so many times, players he brought in. Burkamp was there, obviously. He brought in Henri, he brought in Vieira and Petit. Yeah. He had that back four, which pretty much took care of itself, but he brought in the likes of um, Overmars, Perez, Perez Lundberg. Yeah, um, Gilberto Silva yeah. was about the same time, I think. Lundberg, yeah, exactly. And then he brought through Fabregas and Flamini, who were yeah. both important and for And he was while. getting it right time after time after time, and then all of a sudden... Bleh. He started making bad decisions after bad decisions. Yeah, but compounding then shit he, upon shit. He would he would claim that there was the the you know this was the last time he did it, and as you're going to go into, this was the year when football changed because Abramovich joined the Premier League, and in the first year of Abramovich's reign, he kept Ranieri, and they got off to a bit of a stuttering start because it was so much change for the club, and they yeah. brought loads of new players in and all the rest of it. But it only took them a season, and then after that, Chelsea changed a lot, yeah. and Arsenal weren't ready because they hadn't moved into the biggest stadium yet, so they didn't have the big revenues that Man United could generate anyway. But basically, they'd had one other main rival. The two biggest clubs for many years in the Premier League were Arsenal and Manchester United. Yeah. There's very rarely any other club, the exception of Blackburn, coming in, coming in and doing anything. And then first you got Chelsea, then a few years later you got Man City, <clears throat> then you got a revived Liverpool, and Arsenal it, you know, couldn't keep up with that. So in, in the last episode of this, we, we talked about Graham Souness <clears throat> and Peter Reid and it being the end of their era because mm. the modern footballer 
kind of took over and they weren't equipped emotionally to be able to deal with the modern footballer. Yeah. So they, they were phased out. They became dinosaurs. So what we're looking at now with Abramovich coming into Chelsea is year zero. Yeah. It is the beginning of modern football. It's 2003, 2004. You, is that is that fair to say? I think that's yeah. I don't think anyone said that before, but you, I think that you could say that. Yeah, it does feel like that. The, that is a point where everything changed. You know, this was the era where celebrity came more into football as well. It was the era where you know you had the Wags. You know, because yeah. short, shortly after this, it wasn't long before that 2006 World Cup was when the Wags became a sort of a term. But there was footballers. There was the the emergence of the so-called golden generation. There was Beckham was as much a celebrity yeah. as he was a footballer. You had you know, Ashley Cole marries Cheryl Cole. You know, footballers are on the page of the celebrity magazines. They're all going into nightclubs. Yeah, and they became front page stars as well as back page stars. Exactly, and there was a lot of scandal. And so their behaviour became more outrageous as their wages got higher. And yeah, everything changed. And this was the summer where David Beckham went off to Real Madrid. That was because Ferguson allegedly thought he'd become too big for his boots and his celebrity was more important to him than than being a footballer. He was so spending he was... too much time in London with Victoria. So there we are. So anyway, Abramovich came in, as we said, bought Chelsea. Ranieri was already the manager and went on a fucking massive spending spree that summer. Signed Damien Duff, Claude Makaleli, Joe Cole, Adrian Mutu, Hernan Crespo. That's not a bad summer's bit of business. That's no, good. Were, didn't so all Mutu, work out. Mutu, Mutu got done for doing the old he, Gianluca Vialli, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he got, he got uh, a wee bit of Charlie. A wee bit of Charlie, as Frank McAvenny would say. And they didn't they like it? But that was later on. And Chelsea yeah. later on tried to... Uh, they sued him, didn't they, for the transfer for t- fee? They, they sued him for taking Charlie. Yeah. It's awful, isn't it? Well, it's a tough business. Yeah. And into Manchester United came an 18-year-old called Cristiano Ronaldo. Bloody hell. As Beckham went out... Ronaldo came in. How are we going to replace him? I remember that summer because mm. what the big transfer story was that United were going to replace Beckham with Ronaldinho, who at the time was the best player in the world. Yeah. And everyone thought that was going to happen and they didn't manage to get him. The, the transfer, they were gazumped last minute. He was all but signed. Last minute, Barcelona nicked him from under the nose of yeah. United. And they thought all was lost. But what's interesting is, is that there was a smaller story like well they've signed this lad called Ronaldo they wanted Ronaldinho they got Ronaldo yeah. but not the good Ronaldo some kid you never heard of from Portugal and then for the rest quite high price as well the rest is history and then he, he came did, on as a sub I think in his first game and it was just all step overs and step diving step overs yeah <laughs> diving and it was like fucking hell what's this this is a this is, this a, is bullshit yeah <laughs> yeah because it took him a few years didn't it from going from a sort of a fancy Dan cameo sure performer porny. And then all of a sudden, a few years later, he just started delivering in every yeah. single game. I mean, he didn't get his first goal till about November, I think, mm. in this season. Some of the transfers that went on in that summer, Harry Kuehl, the Leeds exodus continued. Harry Kuehl went to Liverpool. Uh, Mendieta went to Middlesbrough after a season at Barcelona. That Talk was about a, a culture big shock. surprise, yeah. Fucking hell. Steve McManaman came back to England from Real Madrid and he joined Keegan's Manchester City I've never rated Steve McManaman as a footballer I just want to say that really no I thought I think he's always a fanny merchant step overs and diving what he did was less end product than Cristiano Ronaldo he he was a mazy winger but what he did was he was shite he didn't uh, you very rarely saw him use a trick to go past someone you saw him just sort of charge he would run at space do you know what I mean yeah, he's all right. He looked a lot like Nicole Kidman. That was one of the things I found distracting about him. And now you you told me that a while ago, and now I can't stop thinking about that. Yeah. But um, even in go. times of intimacy, 
Yeah, especially at times of intimacy. <laughs> yeah, it can be a problem that. Sorry for introducing that to That's your mind. That's all right. That's just something we'll live with. It's a bugbear. It's yeah. A, it's, it's why why did he get brought up? McManaman? Just what, now? in this? No, because yeah. he, he signed for Manchester City. Oh, yeah, McManaman, yeah. He not paid attention? No. Okay. There was something I was about to say, but I can't remember. Here's now. a sign, and I bet you don't remember, because mm. I fucking don't. Although, I, I should say that this was the season where my daughter was born, so for the, f- the final five months of this season, I was sleep-deprived mm. and uh, all the other stuff that goes with it. Les Ferdinand, do you remember who he signed for this season? Well, I only remember because it's written down in your notes, and I had forgotten that he signed for Leicester City. Yeah, I kind of ruined it with a note, haven't I? Yeah, you did. Leicester City. But it was West Ham that he left, wasn't it? Because West Ham got relegated. We signed him from Spurs. Did he do anything at West Ham? He did half a season. He scored a couple of goals. Um, You know, played fine, but he just wasn't really the solution. Because he was like 36 by then, wasn't he? Yeah. And so he left... I mean, we thought it was like last, just that he would bow out, but then he went back to a Premier League team, so fair enough. Sure you, didn't it? Yeah. And he got 12 goals in 29 matches in the Premier League. Good signing. That's good stuff, that, for a 37-year-old. Yeah. And Leicester, of course, were back. They bounced back after relegation, um, led by Mickey Adams. Mickey without an E in it, quite crucially. Bit weird, that, isn't so, it? Bit what, showy. M-I-C-K-Y. M-I-C-K-Y. Yeah. That was never going to work out with that kind of attitude. I wonder, is is that, you know, did he come up with that himself? Was he christened Michael? Yeah, people who, do who shit like that, don't they, to try and make themselves... I don't know, I mean, like, you so know... Alexander, where they call themselves Xander. I've got two mates called Ollie, right? And one one spells it normal, what I would call normal, which is O-double-L-Y. Yeah. And the other one spells it O-double-L-I-E. And there's a little bit of beef between them because the one who spells but it with a Y the regards the other one as pretentious. Right. He's like, fucking pretentious, isn't it? Who goes around using an IE? What's he think he is? French. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Do you have a preference out of the two? Or I, you just I've being... got to say, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything about who I prefer as men. I love no, them no, of both. Not. But I do prefer the wife. Of course I do. I okay. don't. I, I kind of think. Yeah, I don't understand why you would add an extra letter. It's just you're showing off. So, Mickey, without an E in it, we would say if he gets relegated, we won't be upset. It's his fault. Yeah, he brought it on himself. <laughs> yeah. Also back was David O'Leary. David oh, O'Leary's he's come back. back so he's he come has. back and he's at Aston Villa. Oh. Lovely little club in the Midlands has there. It, now, tell me, Mr Ellis, I'd be happy to come and run your nursery for you. It's, it's, I've got it's some nursery. serum... <laughs> It's not a nursery, it's a football club. Why do you keep calling it that? Well, I, it's a nursery to me. It's, a, it's an ethos that I have that I've deployed successfully over at Leeds. Now, and I'd where like to do, do you again. keep the wee babies? What What the fuck are you talking about? You weirdo. <laughs> where, do, you, do you have any refrigeration facilities for me to store the serum for ah, the babies? No, where is what the is this? in the canteen? <laughs> I don't want you keeping fucking serum in it. It's where we keep the milk. <laughs> So O'Leary pitched up with Aston Villa, um, promoted into the Premier League. Portsmouth, led by Harry Redknapp, in what was massively a fuck you to West Ham. Really, West Ham got relegated. Oh, he and loved he, that, he got didn't Portsmouth he? Up, didn't he? Mm. But he had some good players in that team. He had Yakubu, he had Teddy Sheringham, he had um, Patrick Berger. Yeah, I think it's a great story. The story of Portsmouth in this era under Redknapp and Milan Mandarich. I mean, you know what he did was he put together a sort of a team of it's classic Redknapp. Really, he, he kind of. Gets he, he's good at identifying players who are clearly talented, technically gifted, mm. uh, but are 
sort of have lost their way. Yeah. And he kind of gets them, reassembles them and reinvigorates them. He got Merson in in the championship. Yeah, and, you know, exactly. I mean, you know, Paul Merson, I think, was their star player, player of the season when they got promoted. And then he got them up and he he carried on doing the same thing. You know, if a player wasn't getting game time at their own club, like he signed Jermaine Defoe when Jermaine Defoe couldn't quite make the side at Spurs because there's players ahead of him. So he signed him. I mean, there was a time when they, I think they won the FA Cup and they were absolutely fine. They had Sol Campbell at the back. They had David James in goal. Yeah. You know, they had... Um, yeah, it was they like had a Dad's Army kind of thing, It was, it? yeah. It was. Uh, Leicester went up, as we said, with Mickey Naughty Adams. And uh, Wolves went up as well. And they had a bit of a Dad's Army thing going on because they had Dennis Irwin and Paul Ince in their team. I Blimey. don't remember that either. No, I don't no remember that. No recollection of that whatsoever. This is it! Season kicked off and in August, Ruud van Nistelrooy set a new Premier League record. I scored in 10 consecutive matches. Mad man. Carried over from the, the previous season. Um, horse-faced and unstoppable, yeah. Ruud van Nistelrooy there. Um, Manchester United lost quite early on as well in the season. Losing 1-0 at Southampton. First defeat they had since Boxing Day. Ruud van Nistelrooy had a good female lookalike as well. Who was that? The mum from Malcolm in the Middle. Look her up. Mm. Just talk amongst yourselves. Yeah. I'll just do okay. this. The mum in the from Malcolm mum. in the middle. Images. Images. Oh, yeah. It's Ruth Van Nistelrooy, right? Horse face, yeah. Oh, good. Well quite done. A, she's quite attractive, though, as well. She's more attractive than Ruth Van Nistelrooy is. Definitely. Definitely. Maybe this could be another podcast we do where we just look at women online and rate <laughs> Pictures them. That we talk about. I think that in the current climate, there's nothing weird about that at all, and we'd come out of it looking good, if anything. We have got a gap on Tuesdays where we don't put a podcast out. In the yeah, middle. and we've been talking about what we could do for feminism, and I think you've just found your answer. We could call it Andy and Sam's Birdcast. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about girls. Oh God! We'll famous do... girls. Also, historical women. Like it doesn't all have to be famous. You can have a section every week where you just tell me about a bird that you fancied. Yeah. In like in Sunderland. Yeah. yeah. Just in your day to day life. Back in the you know, like you know the year was 1989, yeah. and I had a severe crush on a girl in the fourth year called whatever yeah. Kerry. Let's say. Okay. I'm not going to reveal any names now, but we'll save it for that podcast. Mate, what's Stockton on Tees like, I will, in your I will, opinion? I will, I will talk about a bus ride into Newcastle before an Aztec camera concert. Really? Yeah, a conversation that I had on that bus. <sighs> what would I wonder you, where she is now. How would you rate Stockton on Tees as a place? <sighs> not really been. You've not really been? Not really been. Well, it's it's got, just around the corner. Not, how could no, you it's avoid it? the road. It's about 40 minutes down the road. Really? Me. It's got the widest high street in Britain, apparently. I've stayed there. In a hotel, it wasn't a pleasant experience. Right. But you know, I've told you before about a mate of mine who um, fell in love with the Georgie Princess and had to go and live in the mm, Northeast. Yeah. And things went sour uh, for him. And he, anyway, he ended up driving a minicab. And one night he got, a, he got a fare from the village he lived in all the way to Stockton on Tees. And when he got there, he felt too tired to go back. So I think he bought himself some booze from a shop and drank it in his car and then fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and he said he just fell asleep and ended up sleeping the night in the car because right. he thought, I can't go back now. And when he and he was woken up by a bloke banging on his window at 7am going, are you all right, mate? <laughs> 
that's Northerners. We look out for each yeah, other. Yeah, they do. I thought it was nice, but he said that he had no, you know, no truck with the man for doing that. But he said when he woke up and saw this man checking up on him, going, "You're right, mate." He was sort of like, "This feels like a low." I think that's when he thought he wasn't meant to be yeah, out there. Then the Geordie princess and everything. Yeah, so it all ended. It's yeah. a shame. So he, he reacted by having an affair. <laughs> And then getting found out and, and having the to break princess. up his family, yeah. Fucking hell, man. Yeah, he lives in Holland now. This has gone a bit grim. Can we get back to the football? Yeah, come on. Um, Arsenal won 2-1 at Manchester City, who were now in the city of Manchester Stadium. Had Kevin Keegan as their manager, and David Seaman was their goalkeeper. Remember that? Fucking hell, they went through all the greats, didn't they? Because they had Schmeichel, mm-hmm. and then Seaman, and then James. Yeah, he was just, Keegan was just, who, who, which big keeper has been kicked out of their club? Yeah. I'll have him. You've I'll got, bring him in. We're, we're goalkeepers, the older the better. Yeah. The, the secret, they never go bad, goalkeepers. The, the secret of signing a great goalkeeper who's going to do a job for you is getting someone who's passed their best. <laughs> <laughs> this was but, the era where he defended. I mean, I've said this on a previous podcast. He, def- I heard him on the radio defending um, Sean Wright Phillips, who'd been sent off, I think, for swearing. And he went, he wouldn't even know any swear words. The lads, the lads, got his heart as big as his body, <laughs> but uh, and that's not big, but his heart's bigger. <laughs> what, where are you going, Kev? Where are you going with this? <laughs> End the interview now. I've got nothing else to say. I've blown my own mind. Like Glenn Roder. Uh, in the September, Manchester United played Arsenal at Old Trafford and it was a nil-nil, but it was that brilliant match with all the fighting. Vieira was sent off in it and then Van Nistelrooy hit the bar with a penalty, oh. which would have won the match right And then Keown jumped Keown up in his grill. right up in his grill. Mm. And then the final whistle went and it carried on with Keown giving him some more. And Van Nistelrooy was just kind of standing there going, what, what, what is this? What is this all about? I do not know. And Typical Ray Parler, Dutch. Ray Parler shoving him as well. Ray's got involved. Ray's got oh, involved. I can't believe it. It's not, it doesn't sound like the sort of thing he'd do. Gone down in my estimation yeah. when I saw that. And uh, even Ronaldo was weirding in with a bit of pushing and shoving. So that was <laughs> lots of fun. Brilliant. Um, Best nil-nil ever, really. With all Tottenham, that sort of stuff going on. At Tottenham, the dream was over. Glenn Hoddle, who was the returning son mm. and was supposed to lead them to the sunlit uplands of, of glory, mm. he got the sack. Oh, God. And, Glenn, uh, sorry, not Glenn, David Pleat returned once more. It's madness, isn't it? I mean, I, it's so bad for everyone involved that they hired him and then fired him. That's why you've got to be careful when you hire a legend. That's why one day I know that you think Kevin Phillips will be the manager of Sunderland and you want him to be, but um, I'm not sure. Anymore. Careful what you wish for, mate. Yeah, I'm not sure because anymore. if you get him in, he'll get sacked eventually because there's no manager who doesn't eventually get sacked. When I wanted that back in the summer, we were in a, a place of abject des- desperation. And now, and it seemed like the, the now you're solution. flying. We're doing all right, so I'm going to stick. With Hang what on a we've minute, got. though. What about this fella? Who came back? You talked about him last week. He he hadn't your player, Papa Jillibodji. Yeah, yeah, him. And he 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 could he didn't come back as you'd said, and so they were going <laughs> to not pay him. And then he did come back. And what was the wording they used about him failing his fitness test? He comprehensively, comprehensively failed his fitness. Test. Yeah. He was like the most out of shape player ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean you'd be embarrassed to even turn up for the fitness yeah. test. I think I'll be fine. I think I'll be fine. He said stubbing out a cigar. He, ch- he turned up chewing a. Um, a sausage and egg McMuffin yeah. from the McDonald's <laughs> drive-thru that he got on the and way. They made him do the bleep test, but he didn't even make the first like leg of it. Didn't do that. And then he said, uh, I'm not coming back here ever again. Yeah, fuck this. And he's gone, 
and, we, and now we've sacked him and he's going to sue us and we're going to sue him brilliant and uh, <clears throat> it's brilliant it's entertaining yeah so David Pleat in charge of a football club in the Premier League in the year 2003 that seems remarkable Silly. and unreal but uh, that's that's where we were at. But was he like the director of football? So they just said, "Look, can you fill in?" I don't know. He probably was. He's always around, isn't he? He's yeah. always hanging around, either doing the the meat raffle at half time. You know what? He's the sort of bloke. Of he'll end up being England manager at some point, <laughs> just because if he stays alive for long enough, do you know what I mean? Yeah. In the end, he'll just get it just by default, like yeah. Howard Wilkinson had it for a bit. Yeah, quite possibly. Uh, moving into uh, we'll move forward in November because we're not here to talk about football, are we? Uh, Leeds won Arsenal 4 Leeds were on 8 points from 11 matches under Peter Reid you know we've already decided that Peter Reid's era was over this yeah. wasn't for him Reid fell out with Mark Viduka who you know Viduka did seem like a bit of an arsy twat he did seem like one of them who would give a manager problems at the beginning of the mm. you know the, the arsy footballer that we've now ended up with Papa Gillibodji yeah as the but I think actually what we'll do is in the in the subsequent seasons we will get more into the RC footballer era and I think that's now declined again I don't think I think it's not as bad now as it was because I think football's just adapted players mm. have adapted clubs have adapted so there are less confrontations like the one going on at Sunderland yeah managers more there was a time where the managers and the clubs couldn't see that the power was shifting or they couldn't they could see it but they fought against it the fact that the power was yeah. transferring from them to the players and the agents. And there was a messy period where chairmen and managers in particular just couldn't get their heads around it and couldn't accept yeah. it. And so there was lots of fighting. And now I think everyone just knows the score and you don't read as many. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a famous, you know, you get things like Pogba and Mourinho now aren't getting on. And that's just sometimes a personality clash. But, but it never manifests itself in reality. It's always about whispers from yeah. within the club and stuff like that. You don't see actual physical manifestations. Although there was Mares last year at Leicester when he decided not to train for a couple of weeks because he wanted to go to Man City. Yeah, and Pyatt at West Ham sort of went. Fucking yeah, out. just as I say that I look up and there's an old clip of the bastard scoring Jesus an exceptional Christ. free kick against Crystal Palace. Yeah, Freaky. so you, you get the odd one like that, but I don't think as bad as it was for a while. But the era we're in now, that we're talking about now, that was where it really started to kick off big style. Yeah. Because like we said earlier, the players were getting flashier as well, weren't they? That's true. That's true. So um, so Leeds lost 4-1 at home against Arsenal, which is no great shakes because, you know, the Arsenal team was really, really good. But then uh, Portsmouth 6, Leeds 1. But then again, that Portsmouth team was really good. But you don't want to be shipping six goals at Portsmouth. No, and that was the end. About, that was yeah. the end for Peter Reid. Got the sack with Leeds bottom of the table after conceding thirty-one goals in just twelve games. Who was it? They had that. Who was that defender they brought in? It was fucking off. Rocky Junior. Ah, oh, do you remember him? Yeah, yeah. That was the one in the World Cup. Big Ron said, "If that's Rocky Junior, I wouldn't like to bump into Rocky <laughs> Senior." All right, <laughs> uh, that was that. So uh, Eddie Gray did the, uh, yeah. the David Pleat job he was in the background all the time at Leeds club yeah. legend he took over uh, good luck Eddie because fuck me you've got a job on there mate all the, all the babies have been they've sold they've all gone they've all gone left home now and all we've got is the likes of Mark Viduka who's just a big baby and it's only chucking his toys out at the he pram leaves. Yeah. he'll leave he'll, he'll go they all go they all go in the everyone, end they all grow up everyone and leaves they go you. off to big school everyone always leaves you <laughs> I don't um, know what O'Leary's up to now. I reckon he's managing someone like, you know, the Syrian national he'd be in the side. United Arab Emirates, somewhere yeah. like that, I reckon. Mm. Yeah, cushy job. 
Yeah, he's working Turkish for Assad. He's working for Assad now. God. <laughs> and he's oh. going. He's going. It's all right. It's not. It, it, you know, I've worked for Richdale and for Doug Ellis, so it's not. It's not really that bad, to be honest. <laughs> There's a lot of similarities in the in the job description. This is it. And in the, in the December, Saddam Hussein got found in a spider hole, talking of murderous dictators. Oh, the spider hole was yeah. great, wasn't it? Lovely that when he came out looking like Mr. Twit. Yeah, <laughs> he looked exactly <laughs> like Mr. Twit yeah. with all worms in his beard. Yeah, but you've got to say when the spider hole was discovered, as much as you were thinking, yeah, it's probably for the best. Saddam's got caught. You couldn't help but fucking envy his spider hole. Yeah, you wanted one, didn't you? Badly. Yeah. How can you make your own? You're like, why can't I? I tried to dig one. I'm sure Loaded Magazine probably had a how to make your own spider hole yeah. feature. Yeah. It just looked great. It looked like he'd be... You know, in the end, that you know, he died and, and obviously... And that's that. That's an ugly ending. But he... The fact that his last days were spent in the beautiful tranquility of a yeah. spider hole. He's <laughs> growing a big beard, which, don't forget, this was before the whole hipster era mm. when beards came back could that have played a role very much so yeah he was probably the proto-hipster Saddam Hussein we should open beard. we should open a hipster bar in East London called the Spider Hole yeah and have it as a sort of a tribute to Saddam's final no days no direct references to Saddam Hussein no but that would all be of the offensive. waiters should be done up like sa- sa- late, in, late era Saddam Hussein the beards rags and beards yeah and you could just sell sort of one cocktails with names that were vaguely related to the former Iraqi, you know, Kurdish poison w- or something w- like. <laughs> <laughs> Weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Would would, would there be a spider hole for everyone to sit in, or would that just be the VIPs? I think the bar is one big spider hole that you climb you down a, into. It's kind of a big spider hole. That defies the object. A spider hole has got to be it's like one or two. So people, you go in and there's 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 lots of mini spider holes. So you get shown. Please wait here to be shown to your, your spider your hole. Personal spider hole. Yeah. And then you drink alone, it which should, is the best way should, to drink. Yeah, there should be adjoining spider holes with like a, a, a shutter you can pull down. So if you're there with your girlfriend or your, yeah. or your wife, you can have a spider hole each that join onto each other and you can sort of interact with each other. <laughs> yeah, but the point of the spider hole, if you ask Saddam, would be, what do you think I'm down here for? It's to get away from the missus, is it? Fuck me. She's been nagging something rotten ever since the the infidels invaded. When are you going to give yourself up, Sam? You can't live like this. You can't go on like this. No wonder I'm stuck down in this fucking spider hole. I'm trying to get some peace and quiet from the old ball and chain. It would be great. It's sort of like if the carry-on team was still around, they yeah. could have done... Carry car- on down the spider hole. Carry on down the spider hole. <laughs> With Sid James <laughs> playing Saddam... And uh, Joan Sims as his yeah. battle axe wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you'd probably have Kenneth Williams would be George W. Bush. Oh, Kenneth Williams could be um, Chemical Alley. Chemical Alley, yeah. <laughs> Maybe Charles Hawtrey could be yeah. uh, George W. Bush. Oh, yeah. hello. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't fooling anyone with that beard, Saddam. They're going to find you. <laughs> Shut up, will you? <laughs> They'll find me if you carry on bleating on like that. 
<laughs> Great times. This is a this is a top flight time machine. The football podcast where we look back at Premier League seasons. We're looking at two thousand three, two thousand four, when Saddam Hussein was found in a spider hole <laughs> and executed, and then hung by, by the, the neck way. until dead for for war crimes. <laughs> this is it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. This is it! Meanwhile, at White Hart Lane, Spurs beat Wolves 5-2. Robbie Keane scored a hat-trick, but he refused to celebrate because Wolves was his former club. Now, was this a pioneering moment? Do you think the old, um, the muted celebration... Yes. This could have been the first yeah, one. Yeah, I don't remember seeing Where it Where do you before. stand on the muted celebration? I find it annoying. Yeah. But, oh, but, but, you know, no, hang on. I'm just thinking if it's been done against us. Like, I can't remember Carlos Tevez. Carlos Tevez used to make, if anything, too much of a song and dance about returning to West Ham. And if I, I remember, he came back with both United and City. And you know that thing that no doubt really <laughs> fucks you off, so I don't even need to ask, right? But you know that thing that West Ham fans do where they cross their arms like hammers? Yeah. That that fucks you off, I assume, right? Yeah. Well, that people sort of, you think, where did that come from? We didn't used to do that. And you know who invented it? Carlos Tevez. Really? Carlos Tevez, I mean, people might dispute this, but I, that, that was not a thing that West Ham fans did. But when Carlos Tevez came back with Man United and then with City, mm-hmm. everyone would sing his name, absolutely fucking adore the bloke, right? Mm-hmm comes out everyone all the West Ham fans are singing his name while he's warming up and he walks around to all four sides of Upton Park and he does that crosses his arms right. like that to show yeah. irons and every each fan went mad I mean if I was I remember thinking if I was a fucking United fan you'd be pissed off I'd be really you? fucked off by yeah. that because fine he could give us a little wave from yeah. singing his name but he made too much of a song and dance about it and I can't remember if he scored against us let's face it he probably did most people do <laughs> Um, and he wouldn't have celebrated that. And I don't know if I sort of... I was like, mate, we like you. you we're not going to not like you if you score against us and celebrate. If if you're scoring for the team that's that's paying your wages now and you don't celebrate that goal because yeah. the other team used to pay your wages a while ago... But it's, that, it's not sorry. about that. It's about fuck the fans. I mean, the fans want to see you fucking celebrate and they're not going to respect you anymore. And I don't think... If you love that former club or you show them... Let's not love, but respect then I don't think the fans are going to be that fucking bothered. If a Sunderland if player who you really liked, one of your top yeah. players, and you knew he still had respect for the club, he hadn't left and slagged them off. If yeah. he comes back and scores against you, you don't mind if he does a knee slide and, yeah. and, and celebrates, because that's his right. He scored a goal. Yeah, exactly. 
But do, uh, just when you come on, just applaud the fans. That's it. That's enough. And just that, just do that. And then if you score, celebrate it because you you celebrate. You scored a goal. You're scoring for your team. Goals and are the your, best things. Your fans, uh, you you're pleasing your fans. Don't be like Robbie Keane. Or the best um, anti-mutant celebration that I can remember was Emmanuel Adebayor. Oh, when what he scored for Spurs and he ran the full length of the pitch to the Arsenal fans. So funny. And gave them a load and they all threw the fucking but, seats out of his yeah, I think that was when he was playing for City. Was it? Because he went to City first, didn't he? Before going, ending up at Spurs. Was that what it was? Yeah, but I, either way, yeah, he definitely He did it ran, against Arsenal fans. He ran the length of the... I mean, I mean, Lampard loved to fucking go... Lampard always scored against West Ham. Mm. Talked about before, I think the secret of Lampard's success as a player is the West Ham fans who hounded him to the point where he just... It drove him to make himself into one of the world's best midfielders. Yeah. And he scored against us practically every time played him. And from the moment he came out of the tunnel, he'd get dog's abuse. Mm-hmm. And it would wind him up, and he's one of those lads who responded to it. The more you abused him, the better Very he would good. play. He would always score, and he would run and give it fucking loads to the West Ham fans. He'd be up to part doing the wanker sign at yeah. the at the North Bank, which you've got to sort of almost respect him for. They take some balls. <laughs> they don't take some balls. Yeah, he, he didn't give a fuck. I mean, he was, and he's a sensible bloke, Lampard as well. When you yeah. listen to him, he's an intelligent, sensible guy, mm. and that's why it's almost surprising how much he let it get to him. But I suppose but it made him a better person. Everyone's better got a, everyone's got a limit, haven't they? Even Jacob Rees Mogg. And in all of these stories, West Ham come, comes out as as the loser, pretty much. Oh yeah, yeah. There's no Actually. stories. There's no stories where we come out as the winner, mate. <laughs> That's, that, I mean, there's literally none. I think we've got a lot in common with old yeah. teams. <laughs> this is it. Rio Ferdinand was banned for eight months for missing a drug test. Yeah, that seems like a long time for something like that. But then again, the rules were the rules. He was asked to take the test at the training ground, but then he left without doing it. Oh, yeah. Oh, to return as I do every week now to my reading of the uh, Roy Keane book. Roy Keane's really funny about it. He goes, "Real missed his fucking drug test. Everyone's fucking was going on about you know, or maybe you said some tide. That's not real at all. I mean, you know, I know the lad, and he's so fucking relaxed about everything. He just wouldn't have remembered this typical him. If you know him, you wouldn't be surprised. So I think that he got you know overpunished, and it and it was bad." But then again, sometimes I just think, for fuck's sake, take your fucking drug test. <laughs> That's what he writes. So he writes this long, quite reasonable and magnanimous passage where you yeah. think, this is out of character, Roy. Yeah. In the rest of your book, you condemn and judge everyone. And it's like, you're being quite kind to Rio. And it, the paragraph ends and then there's just a single single sentence. <laughs> but then sometimes I just say, why don't you just fucking take it? <laughs> so he did take the drug test two days later. Um, but eight month suspension and the world anti-doping agency president Dick Pound that's Dick Pound he thought that um, Ferdinand should have received the longer suspension and he said the sentence is a third of the theoretical maximum he could have got so that could have been th- well, 24 two years he could have been suspended for two years and Dick Pound said he's done pretty well from his perspective hmm. so that was December so that put him out for the rest of the season and he would have been back for the start of the next one yeah, you take the summer into account, but Dick Pound wanted him banned for two years. So there you go, you miss your drug test. Did he not go off and buy furniture or something instead? Was that the story? He'd gone off and he realised when he was in Habitat or something that he was going to be doing a drugs test when he was looking. He was some buying cushions. an he was buying an occasional table. <laughs> yeah, and he'd live to regret that. He was buying an occasional table for 
Taking dr- no. Um. <laughs> this would be perfect for snorting <laughs> steroids off of before the game. Yeah, it's just the right height and everything. <laughs> Can incorporate it in my pre-match schedule. Uh, and, and then the- Gary Neville got quite busy about that, didn't he? Because that's what Gary Neville is. Yeah. Busy, busy, busy. Yeah. Um, end of the year, Manchester United run 46 points, Arsenal run 45, Chelsea on 42. And in fourth place was Charlton. But they were only on 30 points, so it was very much a three-horse race, even by the end of December. Down at the bottom, Wolves were on 14 in bottom place. Leeds had hauled their way up to second bottom on 17. Leicester and Spurs both on 18. So this was bad times mm. for, for Spurs. And they had David Pleat in charge. Fucking hell. Imagine that now. Spurs have come a long way. They fucking have. And Portsmouth were on 19, even though they had all them good players and they'd beat Leeds 6-1. Jalapeño. In the January, Wolves beat Manchester United 1-0 and Dennis Irwin got an assist. That's nice. Bloody that's hell, nice it's not, he doesn't Irwin. often get them. That's nice. It was, it was just a header, I think, in his own half, but then whoever it was that scored the goal went full length and put it in. Dennis Irwin's almost the football history's most unsung hero, isn't he? Yeah. Because you think he was there sort of quite anonymously through all of those, like for so many seasons under Ferguson. Eight out of ten every week, Dennis Irwin. Yeah, yeah. No one ever gave him much credit for anything. And I think he did pop up with the odd free kick and penalty. Yeah, and he could play right back or left back. Yeah. Great player. But you look at Dennis Irwin and you think, what's going on? Inside the mind? With in his mind in his life mm. when the game ends I don't see Dennis Cardigan Irwin slippers, I, reckon. I don't see Dennis Irwin heading up to the nightclubs with the likes of Rio Ferdinand or Ryan Giggs I just I don't know I think he just gets gets changed gets in the car probably a really inauspicious sort of unfancy Vauxhall yeah drives home and then I think he sits uh, he makes himself a sandwich very simple sandwich just not a baguette Oh no! Just some sliced white Horvis, yeah, Horvis, um, a bit of marge, a bit of margarine, some like quite bland cheese, like some really mild cheddar or red Leicester <laughs> or something like that. Oh, red Leicester seems a bit spicy, but yeah, it does. So. All right, probably like the really <laughs> mild cheddar. cheap cheddar that just tastes of wax. <laughs> and then he's and he puts a bit of sliced onion in it, cheese and onion. Oh, actually, it's not. It's a cheese and onion. I love a cheese and onion sandwich, a cup, then, of, cup of tea. And then... And he sits and he pulls out his... his ne- he's got a nest of tables and he yeah. thinks, which of the three... That's a little bit of uh, excitement for him. <laughs> which of you lucky bastards <laughs> is going to get chosen by we Dennis today? Will it be big table? Will it be medium table? Or will it be wee table? Ha ha ha. It's going to be both big and we, because big's going to hold the sandwich and we's going to hold the cup of tea. Sorry, medium, it's not your day. But it could be your turn tomorrow. And then he switches Don't give up up. hope. Now, what's it going to be? Murder, she wrote, a Quincy. (laughs) Of course, I'm going to watch both of them. I'm joking. He's talking to the tables at this point because he lives alone. Of course. I'm going to watch both, but which one first? I think I'm going to watch Murder, she wrote which is rather more intense, and then relax afterwards with Quincy. Yeah, so light relief at the end before bedtime with Quincy. And I have my snack, and then I go to bed, I, I clean my teeth, I do my flossing, I put on my pyjamas, I get into bed, I have a wee wank. <laughs> I only have one a day, and that Mark Wahlberg. I have a wee wank, and then I lights out and sleeping by nine o'clock. <laughs> 
<laughs> sounds all right, doesn't it? It does sound good. Sounds like a nice lifestyle. Like dream lifestyle, the Dennis Irwin lifestyle. Yeah. Dennis Irwin should have done that thing that some big stars do, like Jamie Oliver's got his own magazine mm-hmm. and website, and Oprah has become the richest woman in the world by selling her lifestyle. Mm, so be, should have done that. beyond the public facing role you get paid for, really behind that, there's a brand. Yeah. Why didn't Dennis Irwin capitalise and, and max and monetise his ahead brand? Of his time. If he was around now doing that, he'd have a YouTube channel. He'd have his own range doing, of cutlery he'd, and he'd, John Lewis. Yeah, he'd be doing a YouTube video every day from his from his, his hovel. There'd be restaurants. Mm-hmm. Dennis's joint. With up and down the high street. A nest, with a nest of tables for you to choose from to sit at. Only one thing on the menu, cheese and onion, cheese and onion sandwich, sandwich and a cup of tea. Uh, no, we'd have, uh, on the drinks menu, there's more variety. You can either have tea, uh, you can have tea with sugar. Just the one, no mind. Yeah. Now, I think we're on the brink of something here. In every shopping mall in the country, by the end of this decade, we're going to have a spider hole bar. And, and then the, next door we'll go an Urban's restaurant. But I think Spider Hole is more of our kind of trendy hipster vibe thing. Yeah, but but it's it's gonna. I think it could catch it should on. Should go mainstream. Yeah, we'll franchise it. And Dennis Irwin's more of like it could be a good place for family. Yeah, oh, know, of course. Yeah, can, Dad, can we? Sandwich, cup Dad, can we go to Dennis Irwin's? Oh, I've got a Spider Hole oh, by myself. All right, we'll go to Dennis Irwin's. Cheese and onions all round. Spider Hole next door looks really good. Can I have tea with sugar? No, I can't afford it. You're having normal tea. <laughs> <laughs> Battle of the football. Imagine if each. Sorry, just lastly on this. Last night, my daughter, who's 11, asked me, Who is Ronald McDonald? Because it was mentioned in a book. And I went, right. He's the geezer in McDonald's. And she went, Yeah, but who is he? And I went, He's the <coughs> fucking clown who wanders around McDonald's. She went, What? She looked at me like I was d- disgusting and maniac. not exist anymore. And I went, the, cl- she went, the clown in McDonald's. <laughs> She like like are, are you, you on high? are you on acid? <laughs> I like she went the cl- there is no clown wandering around McDonald's. My wife came in. She'd been listening for another room. She went, uh, Sam, <laughs> they don't know. She's talking both of them because by this stage my son's getting involved, looking a bit fucked off about the whole thing. She's going, they don't know who Ronald McDonald is. They, he doesn't exist anymore. You may remember that about twenty years ago, McDonald's went all green and brown and pretended it sold like healthy food and was all environmental. Yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, it did, didn't it? And um, they got rid of the clown. Yeah, and they got rid of the clown. So I'm like, fucking hell. So I said, I'll show you about. I said in that case, you don't even know about hamburger or Mayor McCheese. No, well, not now that. they're like, what the what? fuck? <laughs> what have you just said? So I've googled, imaged it, hamburger, hamburger. She knows that. I say, it's a fucking, it's his nemesis. He was the baddie who burgled places for hamburgers. <laughs> and they're like, what? Burgled where? I said, I don't know, McDonald's at night when they're shut or something. <laughs> he stole in and started making burgers. And, uh, well, they thought the whole thing was a wind-up. So I Google imaged it and showed them a picture of the whole family. Because I remember in the 80s, um, they had a sort of a pen dangling. You could get... You know the pens you hang round your neck on a bit of string? Yeah. Each week or couple of weeks, they um, updated the pen, basically. Right. And they made it... Uh, and they didn't update it. It, get, it came free with a Happy Meal. So week one, if you bought a Happy Meal, you got a free Ronald McDonald. Week two, Hamburglar. Week three, Mehmet Cheese. Week yeah. four, this purple blob dude whose name I can't remember. And I also Squidly can't Diddly? Yeah, something like that. I can't remember how he related to any of the foods. But uh, but anyway, I collected the whole lot. Why? I'll tell you why, because I was from a broken home. So when you're from a broken home, your dad comes round every fortnight 
and takes you out. Takes and, you to McDonald's. And he feels really guilty. So he goes, oh, oh, what do you want to do today? Because he's thinking like, oh, fuck, you know, I've ruined this kid's life. And you go, oh, you're a bit so good. Can we go to McDonald's? You fucking 99% of the time always get a yes, right? Yeah. If your parents are divorced, you are in and out of McDonald's like a motherfucker. Yeah. And I got all the fucking pens. Yeah. And um, anyway, this was something I was trying to explain to my kids. I'm going, look, they're all there, the whole gang. And um, I had them all in pen form. And they're looking at me like, this bloke, he's finally fucking lost <laughs> his nut. Anyway. Because they're giving me a Royal Dahl books at the minute. Ronald McDonald is just so terrifying when you look looking Have back up again. Have you seen the first ever McDonald's advert with Ronald McDonald in it? No. I'm going to show you it now. Okay. I might edit this bit out. I don't so we know. can get live reactions reaction to me seeing it. it. Yeah. We'll tweet the link out later mm. on. Here we go. Introducing the world's newest, silliest, and hamburger-eatingest clown, Ronald McDonald. Now, where is that clown? Oh, Ronald. 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 Hey, Ronald. Here I am, kid. Hey, isn't watching TV fun? Especially when you got delicious McDonald's hamburgers. What Ronald, the fuck? That's not Ronald McDonald. At the same time, now come on and meet the boys and girls. Oh, we've already met. I know we're going to be friends too, because I like to do everything boys and girls like to do. Especially when it comes to eating those delicious McDonald's hamburgers. Okay, now. A magic tray here keeps me well supplied. McDonald's hamburgers, french fries, and milkshakes. Watch for me on TV. We'll have lots of fun. The hamburger happy clown. Is his favorite place in town. Okay. Shut it down then, shouldn't they? Yeah, that is mad. It. I would say it's pretty budget because he's got a paper cup attached to his nose and a sort of a box full of chips on his head. Which is fucking weird. He's but is it any weirder than when he just became more of a clown in a sort of a, a red curly wig and full clown makeup? I don't know. It is weirder, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the, what I what I was getting round to before was I think that there should be a not Dennis Irwin himself. He can't spread himself that thinly, but someone dressed up in a big sponge. It's a knockout style Dennis Irwin, Dennis Irwin with outfit. A cardigan on. Especially on mm. Saturdays, mm. because that's when the families turn up and you can go up and you can talk to Dennis Irwin. Yeah. Oh, look, Dennis Irwin's here. Dennis, Dennis. Hello, children. No sudden movements, kids. <laughs> Are you ready for a nice cheese and onion sandwich? <laughs> Are we? We've been thinking about it all week. And you get a free plastic Dennis with every happy meal you buy. That's the full Dennis meal, a wee cheese and onion sandwich and a tea with sugar. Now eat up because we close at 4.30pm because <laughs> you've all got to get to bed by 7 o'clock. Those are the rules in Dennis as well. And you can't go to bed with the cheese and onion sandwich lying on your stomach. You've got to digest it before bedtime. So eat up and go home. This is it! Um, Leicester nil, Aston Villa five. A fan, a Leicester fan, ran mm. on and went for Ian Walker. Do you remember that? A Leicester fan ran at the pitch. I rate at Leicester's performance that season and had a go, and he had at, Ian a go at Ian Walker. And Ian Walker just repeatedly pushed the fella to the ground. Really pushed him over again and again till the security. <laughs> it was wasn't a fair fight. It's kind he of was, fair enough, isn't it? He was quite it? a fat fella. He was probably drunk. <laughs> uh, Ian Walker just kept pushing him over. Again and again, repeatedly. And, and the fan was wearing gloves as well, which didn't fucking enhance his credentials at all, really. Fucking but hell. that was January, so. Um, Scott Parker signed for Chelsea because they were just hoovering up all the talent. 
And again, this is that thing you kind of saying like Arsenal didn't replenish their stocks mm. that well because that's the kind of signing Arsenal might have made Scott mm. Parker. But Chelsea just went fucking got the checkbook out, got him in. Yeah. Filled up their squad. Well, yeah, they were sort of just they were any, a player any player who was playing well. I don't for remember Scott Parker doing anything really at Chelsea. at Chelsea. No, he didn't because he couldn't get in the team. Well they still do I mean, it now. They've got they've got Danny Drinkwater. Yeah. And they've got um, Ruben Loftus cheek and Ross what's Ross his name? Barkley Ross Barkley. Barkley. So, hasn't kicked the ball Yeah, for they tend to sort of not there doesn't seem to be much strategy from a manager's point of view about who they sign. They what they do is they acquire stock, mm. blood stock, if you will, <laughs> yeah. don't they? And breed them. Yeah. They just in keep stables. them there. And uh, Scott Parker just... I wonder th- if they are breeding them. They'd mm. keep quiet about it if they were, wouldn't they? That could be happening. Yeah. They could be extracting their, their sperm and freezing it. Do they Chelsea are doing sperm, that? Extracting sperm, what, you mean? Yeah. They're having probably a load of Russian dolly birds go round. Yeah. Wanking them off. Yeah, probably. Wanking off Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Yeah. <laughs> storing his sperm. Store it in the freezer. It's the serum thing, but it's next level. Serum. Yeah, next level serum. Could be true. Yeah. You wouldn't put past anything, the Russians, at the moment, would nah, you? Nah, not at all. Fucking hell. You're on a list, aren't you? Probably, yeah. Yeah, there you go, then. Better not say anything. It's only more. a matter of time before I get serumed in Sp- the street. But speaking of, um, of you know, breeding footballers and that, they breed horses, don't they? Mm. And at Manchester United, all hell broke loose because Alex Ferguson fell out with a couple of horse trainers mm. who were part owners of Manchester United, who were his mates, apparently, and they had they had a horse together. And then there was the big, the big row, and yeah. the fall that eventually led to Malcolm Glazer coming in and entering that vacuum and hoovering up those shares. That it was J.P. McManus, and yes, John Magnia, I think. What was the fucking horse called again? Uh, Rocket Gibraltar. That's right. Yeah, Rocket Gibraltar, and, uh, and there was the the claim. Again, I'm referring only to Roy Keane's thoughts on this. Okay. Was that That's they, they, good they, enough for me. They got Alex Ferguson involved in the sort of consortium to buy or own the horse because it was a good name to have attached to the whole project. Right. And then it was something like he took issue and thought that he was the one who was supposed to own it. And then right. he went into a conflict with them about it and it all got a bit public. It was going to end up in the courts, wasn't Roy it? Roy Keane had a right pop at Alex Ferguson for it being a in the book. Of, of field distraction. Right. Oh, no, in person as well. Oh, right. When he eventually exploded at Ferguson and had a right go at him and Carlos Quiroz and a load of his own teammates, yeah. it just went berserk. I think it's probably the following season, I think, after this. Yeah. We're, getting, we're approaching yeah. the, right. the, oh, the yeah. Keane era. But, yeah. Um, and Manchester City beat Man United 4-1 as well in that same month as mm. that was all going on. So that was good for Keegan, but bad for uh, for Ferguson. Over at Southampton, uh, Paul Sturrock took over from Gordon Strachan. Mm. Paul Sturrock, for some reason, was appointed manager of Southampton with his his flat grey damp hair and his jocular attitude and his his big belly. I think he used to enjoy... Um, he was a restaurant reviewer in his spare time, Paul Sturrock. True story, that. He was a what in his spare Restaurant time? reviewer. Really? Yeah, I think it might be when he was at Plymouth. But he would go out and, and he'd eat out every night. As you can probably tell by looking at him. And he would he'd write restaurant reviews as well, as well as being a football manager. A little bit on the That's side. Great. That's you know fair play to him. I think it is important you keep your hand in a, in another job because you're not because being a football manager. It's not forever. It's not forever, and it can end at any moment. But so as I with think hairdressers, they should, they should all have some a sideline. As with hairdressers, people are always going to want restaurant reviewers. They are, yeah. Is, I mean, times change, tastes change, the media changes. 
but people always want to read someone writing about going out to have dinner. <laughs> totally. Jalapeño. At Leeds, it was time up for Peter Ridsdale as the club sank out of the Premier League and a local consortium took over, led by Gerald Krasner, who was, um, I don't know what he was, but he, he made the big promise that Leeds were going to stay up. Everything was yeah. going to be all right. He was going to wipe all the debts and everything would be fine. As we know, mm. it all went tits up. Uh, in April, Leeds lost 5-0 at Arsenal. Thierry Henry scored four. Arsenal, of course, still unbeaten. And then Leeds lost at home against Portsmouth. <clears throat> and that was pretty much them relegated. Um, Leicester and Wolves went straight back down as well. And they were joined by Leeds. Just three years after that Champions League semi-final, they were down after losing 4-1 at Bolton. Mark Viduca sent off during that one. Mm. Mark Viduca being a bit arsy there, obviously. Toys out of the pram. Can't imagine he'd be playing in the championship once they'd been relegated. Fucking hell. Can. What a can. So Arsenal won 26 and drew 12. They were the Invincibles. They were the champions that season. They also won an award, which I don't think you've heard of, called the Behaviour of the Public Award. Oh. For the nicest fans. The best oh, behaved fans. Fucking hell. Well, listen, I don't think that's anything to be particularly proud of. <laughs> that was it. I mean, I'm not, I don't endorse violent misbehaviour, but I think a little bit of mild mischief a is part of, and parcel of being a football a fan. A bit of hurly-burly. A bit of hurly-burly, a bit of boisterousness. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what going to football's about, especially for the younger generation. It's a lot of fun. And it, and Arsenal, yes, yeah, I mean they're just silly, aren't they? Some I release Arsenal a lot fans. of frustration when I go to the football. Yes, uh huh. And I'm a middle-aged man. It's very cathartic, it's isn't very it? Very much so. Yeah, I'm not well behaved when I go to the football. No. But that's another story. Uh, so yeah, Arsenal won the league. Uh, Eleven points clear of Chelsea. Arsenal on ninety. Chelsea seventy-nine. Manchester United seventy-five. And then Liverpool were fourth on sixty points. A uh, season which earned the sack for Gerard Houllier after winning four cups in six seasons. Fucking hell. Get out. Yeah, Julier. I mean, God, that was pretty harsh, wasn't it? I I always, I mean, we've talked about this before. I think Julier did a really good job for Liverpool. I mean, they'd had some tough years through the 90s. And he came in and he got got them on back. They had some great teams under him. They they developed great players. They managed to edge Roy Evans out because that had gone wrong. Fowler and... um, you know, Fowler and Owen and Gerrard and all these great players came through under on his watch. Yep. And they won all those cups and they had some glory days. I mean, I suppose you could argue they went one better with Benitez, but only just really. I mean, if it wasn't for his Champions League win, you'd look at the Benitez era. Uh, indifference, yeah. possibly. Yeah. But we'll cover that. Well, we'll not cover the Champions League because we're contractually We're not allowed to talk about that. To speak about it. Thierry Henry was the top scorer that season with 30 goals. Uh, Alan Shearer got 22. Louis Saha and Rivan Nistelrooy from uh, Markham in the middle got 20. Um, I'm not doing the sponsor quiz this week because I can't be bothered, basically. I'll do it again the next time. What, you just haven't prepared it? Yeah, basically, yeah. All right, fair enough. Um, can I do some guesses anyway? Go on, then. Southampton? No. Nope. Um, Portsmouth? Yeah. And finally, Leeds. Mm, that's Fulham. Ah, Never mind. Okay. That's been Top Flight Time Machine 2003-2004. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with more. Oh, can we quickly Ooh. put the call out for the best bit ever? Oh, yeah, because not everyone listens to news thing, do they? Yeah, listen uh, to news thing, listen will to you? News it's things, like it's, this, it's but just about other news. stuff. And there's not really much news in it, is there? No, nah, it's just us talking. There's a good bit about um, John Lewis and frying pans on this week's yeah. episode. But here's another thing that we set up on that and we'd like to throw out to you as well. I asked Andy, Andy, what's the best bit ever? The best bit in a film, of all the films ever? And Andy, you said... 
Well, one of them was in um, the Penguins of Madagascar, mm. where uh, head penguin, I've forgotten his name now, uh, he, he says, the leopard seal, Nietzsche's snake. <laughs> yeah. And um, your other one was from the Lightly Lads the Lightly movie. Lads. I don't yeah. think I can, but I've only got six. Yeah. And my ones were mainly from old films, like um, when Jabba the Hutt's trying to feed Luke into a giant fanny in the yeah. sand and, sand fanny and then Luke uh, jumps off the walk of death does a somersault R2-D2 fires him a uh, lightsaber and then yeah. fucking Luke goes berserk and causes mayhem don't give them too much detail they go listen to the fucking news thing if they want the full story no but the thing, the, the point is yeah, is that I'm throwing out to them yeah, now yeah, you've said what's enough. your best bit ever uh, it is, but you've what said is your best bit in any film ever yeah. tell us what you think Make it come, bring your nominations in on Twitter at Top Light Time Machine or at News Thing and uh, between will, the two podcasts we will work towards building a top 10 or a top recycle 20. your content for our own ends yes exactly Thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.